Welcome to Dinking Out Loud, where we help you to become a more effective pickleball player. You'll hear game-changing interviews with the sport's best players and coaches while getting actionable tips and strategies you can implement to rapidly improve your pickleball game. Now here's your host, Trey Sizemore. In this episode, we're going to be talking about something that's a bit of an overlooked part of the game. Overlooked in the sense that not a lot of players are very well educated on their paddles, of all things. So paddles can, of course, come in many different sizes, materials, both the surface and core. And each one of those makes a difference in the playability of that paddle. And it's something that more players really, especially as they're getting better and better with their game, really need to understand with that, get a little more knowledge on the choices and how it affects our game. So to help us better understand this today, joining us from Third Shot Drop, are Jack Kasarjian and John Krotuskas. Jack and John, Jack, let me start with you. Just kind of introduce yourself for the listeners, please. Hi, my name is Jack Kasarjian, and I am the founder of Third Shot Drop Custom Pickleball Paddles. Our mission is to make you a better player by getting the right equipment in your hands that is made and built and fits you and not one size fits all. And I'm John Grantuskis. I'm a uh, court ambassador in the Mid-Atlantic region for Third Shot Drop since 2019. And I routinely do demos with players of all skill levels in my home state of Delaware and neighboring Maryland and New Jersey, showing people the advantages of custom paddles. All right. Fantastic. So, Jack, maybe we could start off with a little bit of the the history of Third Shot Drop and custom paddles. How did it get started? What got you interested in this? When I started playing pickleball, what's the first thing everybody does? They try to find a paddle. So I went through oh a number of paddles, and I read up on all the information out there, and I found that most of it was misleading, contradictory, and was lacking in information. It was all marketing speak. So I tried to see what the difference was between the different materials. Nobody seemed to want to focus on that. They all wanted to sell you what they were pitching and not really fitting you to what you needed. So I started a custom baseball bat company 20 years ago, and we have uh, over 300 major leaguers swinging our bats. And we started the custom movement in baseball and softball. And I said, well, why not pickleball? Well, I found out it's much, much more difficult in pickleball because with three different core materials, aluminum, polymer, and Nomex, and three different surface materials, graphite, fiberglass composite, and carbon fiber, there are nine different combinations of materials. Each one plays differently. And when you have two different shapes, as we do, that's 18 different models. So we made things very, very complicated for ourselves, but much, much better for the player. Yeah. And that's interesting. You mentioned the baseball coming from that background with it as well. And if we think about other sports, bowling, pool, baseball, a lot of these athletes you know, and your better athletes are very particular about the equipment that they use. They're not typically just going and 
getting something off the the rack, if you will, right? They they have something, they understand the nuances of different materials, different weights, but pickleball seems to be, uh, you know, kind of behind that right now, but, but catching up, would you say, right? I mean, it's something that not a lot of players, maybe, you know, it's an education issue at this point, and, and we're going to try to fix that today, but they're not really, you know, looking so much at customizing their paddle. It's the only sport that, I know of where players are using off-the-shelf, one-size-fits-all paddles. In every other sport, players are using equipment that is suited to their style of play, to their body and strength type, and basically giving them confidence to perform at their best because they have equipment that fits them. Pickleball, most players have a very interesting way of finding a paddle. They close their eyes, they spin around five times, they throw the dart, and they're expecting to hit a bullseye. Now, we want to take a much more scientific approach to drilling down to what actually works for each individual player. For example, today I saw there's a uh, Scotty Cameron putter that you can get for golf that's $3,000. Wow. Pickleball players flinch when the price goes up over... sometimes. We have a $250 uh, special edition triple weave carbon fiber paddle that is just flying off our shelves. And it really performs incredibly well with power and control. And uh, players that are spending the time and energy and are passionate about the game aren't balking at the difference between a $150 paddle and a $250 paddle. And of course, everything that we make is sourced and built in the U.S. So we have a lot better control over uh, quality and materials and uh, finish. Absolutely. Well, let's talk about some of those variables. You mentioned before having the three different surface materials, the three different core materials, uh, a couple different paddle shapes that you can do, you know, 18 different combinations, right? There's also grip length, there's weight, there's all these variables that we can kind of take into account with that. Let's maybe start with the, the surface materials a little bit. You mentioned graphite, you mentioned composite, you mentioned carbon fiber, as someone new to the game, if I don't understand what these different materials do? I think the core materials are 75% of the way a paddle performs. The surface materials are just fine-tuning that core. So the core is what's really important. Surface differences are really only about 10% between each other. So the cores are where you're going to see the vast majority of the differential in performance And then you're just going to fine tune it with your surfaces. So aluminum is a very soft material relative to the polymer and the Nomex. So it's really good for slowing the ball down, for the soft game, for control, for touch. Polymer is in the middle. I would say 90%, at least 90% of the paddles that are being marketed today have polymer cores. Why? They're very average, so they fit a lot of people, and they are by far the least expensive. So very, very good for the paddle companies, not so good for the player. And then there's Nomex. Nomex is a paper product that's dipped in resin that is uh, used in all structural elements of aircraft, and it's very, very hard, very durable, 
get a lot of pop from it, but you sacrifice control. Between those three cores, each player, no matter how experienced, can tell that there's a difference, and they can also tell that they have a preference. So once they've selected a core, then we try to drill down and find the right surface that goes with them. A Nomex core with a graphite surface is going to be a hard surface. With a hard core, the ball is going to be jumping off it. Great power, great for bangers, not so good for control and spin and dinks and third shots. At the other end, you have aluminum, which is, again, the softest. Uh, if you pair that with carbon fiber, which is the softest of the three materials, now you have a paddle that slows the ball down, great for dinking, great for drops, great for neutralizing those bangers who are trying to hit the ball hard all the time. Polymer with the composite is in the middle. That's the most neutral. It's got good balance, good control, good power, but kind of an average of, of, of all of the above, which is why most paddle companies are selling that. We find players are very surprised at how much they like the materials they didn't expect to like. And it's an individual thing. That's the whole idea of custom. Interesting. So, yeah, the big takeaway there, you know, start with the, the core materials. That really dials it in. That's 75%, as you mentioned, kind of of the, the, the playability, what's going to make the biggest difference for folks. Once you get that, then you're dialing it in essentially with the, the surface material, right? A little bit more power, a little bit, you know, less, depending on which of those you're, you're choosing, correct? Yep. Fantastic. With that, too, you've also got the, the weight of the paddle, too. And I think this can sometimes be a little bit of a uh, polarizing topic, I think, because oftentimes it's like we, we look at ourselves and go, OK, I want a heavier paddle or, you know, that's a, a woman. Maybe she needs to get a lighter paddle. But, you know, I think you've said before, too, it, it, it's really based more on skill, though, I guess, is more of a bigger determinant there. I think that players will have the most success with the heaviest possible paddle they can swing. I use a paddle that weighs around 12 ounces. I made a 12-ounce paddle for John. Pickleball is not a swing. It's a push and it's a punch. So being short and having the power behind being short allows you to reset faster and to be quicker. When you use a lighter paddle, you tend to overswing. And now you have to bring yourself back to the set position, and the ball's right on top of you. The main reason that people have gotten used to light paddles is because that's what China sells. And that's where 90% of the materials that make paddles are sourced from. Again, it's a question of the paddle manufacturers trying to fit you into what they're selling instead of us fitting you into what you should be using. Absolutely. It's good to know. The other part of it too was the, the, the paddle shape, whether it's a more elongated paddle or a wide body paddle. And I know, for example, on the site, you've got the, the chaos, for example, as the wide body uh, paddle on there. Where's the determinant they're going to be? I think it's a style of play that each player has. The Kratos is probably more popular by 60, 40. 
I think people think that the reach is very important, but I found that the chaos is a much more forgiving paddle for your drops, your dinks, and especially your blocks at the kitchen. That length really is only important when you're hitting a serve or an overhead. The wider paddle is what you're going to use when you're walking, when you're getting down and dinking, and uh, when you're, you're pushing the ball and hitting your thirds and hitting your dinks. So consensus is the Kratos, the rectangular sweet spot is the more popular, but I think the chaos with the square or sweet spot actually is more versatile for different types of play. Absolutely. And we'll talk about that shortly in, in different styles of play and, and talk about a few combinations and how they could best be benefited by the things like we talked about here, the shapes, the core materials, the service materials. Before we get into that, though, John, you're out in the field a lot. You're meeting with players. They're reaching out to you. They're looking to test some of these paddles out and, and have a new paddle to, to play with to help improve their game. What are you seeing when you're out there talking with them and, and, and how do you evaluate them and help get them to the paddle that's going to be best for them? Yeah, a lot of people that I demo with, Trey, they start out by saying, well, what do you think is right for me? And I said, well, that's not how the process works. The process actually works by you trying the cores first, okay, with everything else the same. We give them the three cores to start with. And then being that that's 75% of the paddle performance, we let them do all their shots, their serves, their dinks, their slams, their lobs. And then I will get feedback from them as to what they felt worked the best for them. Once we establish that, and that could take anywhere from 45 minutes to a couple hours sometimes, uh, depending on the player. but. Then we'll take that core that they like, and then we'll give them each of the surfaces with that core. And what I find with the players is a lot of them eventually really get it. They start to realize that now they are purchasing a paddle differently than just going into a store, going online, and hoping that they made the right choice. And they go out and they're actually adapting to it all the time. Here, we do with the demo with the player and they find out right from the start what combination is right for their game and their style. So I find that a lot of people that do get it come back to me and they say that was really a great process and we're so glad we did it. So there are some people that, you know, it takes a little bit of getting used to the process. And sometimes we try to, you know, pare down the explanation so they don't get overwhelmed with all these choices. But a lot of players get it and they don't regret going through the process. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious too. I think a lot of people, obviously, when they're reaching out to you and they're testing these paddles, they probably have a paddle that they're using already. Oftentimes, do you find that what they end up with you know, and, and, and best suits their style of play is probably very different than the paddle they were using at the outset. Yeah, they're definitely a lot of people are playing with polymer composite and they never even had the choices 
of the other combinations of cores and surfaces. And something else I find out that we do during the demo process at Third Shot Drop is we check grip size. We have a grip kit. All the ambassadors and the reps have grip kits. And a lot of players are not playing with the right size grip. And that could present ergonomic issues over time. So a lot of people really realize that going through this demo, they're not only finding out about paddle combinations, they're also finding out other things about the grip size, the weight of the paddles, what difference those things can make in their selection process. Yeah, absolutely, for sure. And Jack, I go out there today, I, I find there's a paddle that I'm playing with that I really like, I play well with, and it's got that Nomex core. It's got, let's say, maybe the, the composite surface. Is that the paddle that I'm going to be playing with two years from now, four years from now? I think that's a great point because we have seen players evolve over three years and change their paddle with the level of their play, with the level of their skill, with their style of play, whether they're playing indoors or outdoors, whether they're playing with a Durafast 40 or a, an Onyx, all these factors are influencing what paddle you're going to perform the best with. And I find more often than not, players can get used to anything because that's what players have done since pickleball started. They got used to anything. Rarely did they get the right equipment. If they did, it was a, a moonshot, a one-shot deal. But when you see them, when you see that light go on and say, wow, this just feels right for me. I didn't think I was going to like Nomex. I didn't think I was going to like aluminum. I didn't think I was going to like carbon fiber. The idea is not to direct them to what we want to sell, but to fit them to what helps them play their best. Absolutely. And, and like you said, that can change over time, right? As your skill level changes, as, as you change as a person, your body changes, your you know fitness changes, you know, that can really affect how you play in the, in the paddle that served you well a few years ago isn't necessarily the, the same paddle that's going to work just as well for you today. Well, the other thing that players may not want to hear is that depending on how often you play, your average paddle will last 8 to 12 months. The paddle starts to go dead after that. And you start getting dead spots, especially the Chinese source paddles. The, the adhesive that they use to bond the cores and the surfaces, delaminates very quickly with heat or cold, and all of a sudden you get dead spots. That's one reason why we use the aircraft industry to make our to bond our cores and our surfaces so we don't have those problems with temperature changes and repeated hits. But, you know, expect to get a new paddle at least every year, if not a little bit sooner. And what I recommend for players is to Find what they like and get a couple of them and use each one alternate times that you play. That way they degrade at the same rate. And instead of playing with one paddle till it's dead and all of a sudden getting a new one and it's live, that really messes up your game. So I use a different paddle. I rotate three different paddles and each time I play, I use one different than the one I used before for that reason. 
Interesting. Yeah. Cause you could really, I'm sure see a big variability between them. If you have one that you've used quite a while and another that's just been sitting there that you finally break out after several months or almost a year. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like playing with a totally different paddle because you've become accustomed to what you're using. Like what you hear so far, make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button. Now this podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. Now back to the show. On the site, on Third Shot Drop, you've got the Kratos, as you mentioned. You've got the Chaos, Chaos being the wide body, the Kratos being the elongated. You've also got the special edition that you talked about there as well, too. And then there's also this concept that you've got youth paddles for younger players, but that paddle could also be used as well for, for training paddle too, right? You've got that on there as, as a training paddle. When I go out to warm up or when I drill, I usually spend the first 10 minutes with one of the Taiki paddles. And then when I go to my regular paddle, it feels like I'm using a tennis racket. It's just training yourself to hit the sweet spot of a much smaller target. You know, it's very effective and I'm surprised more people aren't doing it. I mean, other sports, there's all types of training. For example, in baseball, there's underload and there's overload. Players use a heavier bat to gain strength. They use a lighter bat to uh, train their muscle memories for speed. You know, usually a player will use a heavy bat maybe eight weeks before the season starts and then gradually go lighter and lighter and lighter until maybe a couple of weeks before the season, they'll go to an underload bat and focus on bat speed. And then they'll go and they'll use their regular game bat and they'll stay with that during the season. They won't change. Pickleball is going to get a lot more competitive, a lot more specific as far as training techniques and really doing what every other sport does, which is borrow things that are effective for athletic performance. And pickleball is going to do it. It's coming. So you can either be at the, the the front of that, you know, on the crest of the wave, or you can be a little bit late to the game, but eventually it's it's going to get there. Yeah, and I think I think there's a lot of players who are competitive and play tournaments and, and want to get better, and they're focused on winning. And there's a lot of players who just want to have fun and go out there and get some exercise and be social. And there's a lot of players who are just uh, competing against themselves. They want to improve. They want to be able to hit their shots more consistently. And they're not as focused on the end result, but they're focused on the process. And, you know, I found in, in, in my athletic background that focusing on the process takes care of the result. If you're process oriented, you're going to get the result you want. If you're result oriented, you're going to miss something and you're going to take shortcuts. So I think pickleball, uh, we're getting a lot of strong young players who are coming from tennis and they're, they're going to change the game. It's going to happen at the, at the higher levels. It's going to trickle down. So I think if you're out there listening, you've, you've had a paddle or a few paddles that you've used for a while. You've been experimenting with some different ones, different makes, different brands, et cetera. And you're looking to, you know, maybe make a change, you know, do I have 
the right paddle, right? Is my issue right now more of a, a technique? Is it more of a strategy issue? Is it more of a, a hardware issue, right? With a paddle, I suspect maybe all things being equal, you know, I may have, you know, a paddle. I want to try out something different. What's the first thing that someone should, should do, right? If they're looking to make a change like that to their paddle. I think the hardest thing is for players to evaluate their game. Do they know how they play? Do they know what style they play? Do they know what they need to do better? And do they know how to get there? And I think those are the, those are the questions that players need to ask themselves in order to evaluate having the right equipment. Yeah, just, you know, there, there may be things about the way they play that, you know, they don't like that they think could be potentially improved and having, you know, a different paddle, having leveraging different composition than what they're using more than anything, probably that core material, like you mentioned, about 75% of what's going to make a change for you, maybe something to to look at, right? Start looking that way. And then from there, you can you know, fine tune things with the surface, with, you know, other aspects of it, you know, play with the weight a little bit as well to get it dialed in over time. I know that this sounds like a, uh, a sales pitch. It sounds like what everybody else is telling you, but we hear from probably 75% of the people who play with our paddle for a month that their game has improved a level, whether it's from 2.5 to 3.0 or 3.0 to 3.5 Four or to four or five, it's incredible what using the right equipment will do to uh, bolster your game and move you up a little. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I mean, no, I think no one uh, here should expect if you're a two zero, you're going to be a five zero. I get a different paddle necessarily, but I'm sure both of you have seen visible changes. In some cases, maybe remarkable changes by just getting somebody the right paddle in their game, right? It, it can be, I'm sure, almost instantaneous where they were hitting a certain way. They were making, you know, too long, too short, didn't have the right touch or placement on it or, or power. And just by, you know, modifying the core, for example, you, you see a big change in their game. Oh, absolutely. I think that a lot of people have the wrong approach to improving the pickleball. I think the first place to start is your equipment. And the second place is practice and, and drilling. Good players drill three times more than they play. It's really hard to get better if you don't drill. You know, that's just part of the process of improving in any sport. Practice, practice, practice. Absolutely. And John, you'd say the same thing. I mean, out there working with people in the field, seeing, you know, some of the changes that happen as a result of getting the, the right equipment in, in their hands. Absolutely, Trey. I, I've seen a number of tournament players who came to me first who didn't really understand about paddle composition options. They were very skilled players and they won tournaments before, whether it was placing or coming in second. But some of those same people who did the demo process with me, who wound up purchasing a different core, found that that enhanced their game and those third and second places all of a sudden became gold placings in tournaments and also just enhanced their game immensely where before, if they never came to me to go through the process, they wouldn't have known that. 
Now, with the Kratos and the, the Chaos, we've got the, you know, the 18 different combinations between the two of those. If we look at the surface materials and the core materials, obviously those two paddle shapes there as well, too. But I've also got the capability, if I, if I go to the site, to be able to really build a custom paddle, like truly from the ground up, right? Taking those different aspects of it and then layering on top of that things like the handle shape and, and my end cap, even choosing, you know, the the edge guard coloring and, and the graphics that I want on it as well too, right? Yeah, I mean, even the grip styles, you know, everybody typically uses whatever comes on the paddle. Mm-hmm. They use the wrong handle shape and the wrong grip size because that's what came on the paddle. So... There are some grips that feel better in your hand than others. Again, it's all personal choice. It's all part of the customization process. It's all performance-oriented. What makes you a better player? What fits you? What makes you more comfortable? What makes you more confident? Absolutely, yeah. So definitely something for people to check out. We'll have a link to the site in the show notes as well so that you can go check it out. Again, expand upon to some of the things we talked about here with the different compositions and materials and shapes with it as well, along with some ways that you can, you know, make a determination or help at least get you started with making a determination with getting the right paddle for you. Now, if people are interested in getting their own paddle, in addition to, to going to the site, any other advice that you want to provide them with how to get set up with the right paddle? We're happy to help them walk walk through the process. We're happy to send them a couple of demos to try, depending on what they think is going to appeal to them. It's all about keeping an open mind. Don't have any preconceived notions on what you're going to feel or not feel. I had I did a private demo the other day with a player, and he kept referring to the notes that he took from our website. And I said, I don't want you to be influenced by the things that we said, I want you to feel what works for you, not think about what works for you. He had a hard time letting go. And then finally, when he did, he was surprised at the materials that he had chosen. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I think it's easy to have a, a bias. Well, you know, this is, you know, more expensive or this is a, you know, brand or even sometimes, you know, color I like. I, I want to like this better and I can play tricks on you in a lot of ways with, with you know, how things are performing, but it's better, like you said, if as much as possible, have an open mind going to it. It's almost to be best if you were blindfolded and could even see what you were holding and just know yeah. like this is working best for me. Right. You don't know what's gonna feel right until you get out there and and try. All the marketing talk in the world isn't gonna fit you with the right equipment. You'll know it when you get out there and you uh you feel it and the performance is gonna speak for itself. So Again, I want to thank both of you for for joining me here today. I mean, this is definitely a subject matter that players need to get more educated on, right? They need to understand how the different materials, how the different compositions affect their play. And it, it can really be that thing, like John was talking about earlier, that really makes that difference that takes you to winning more tournaments, right? To performing your best because... You know, what you're using right now may not be what's really best suited for your game. So the more you know, the more you'll be able to make those tweaks over time and and work with the equipment that's going to serve you best now and, and, and in the future, right? You'll know when it's time maybe to start looking at something else, different core, different surface, maybe a different, you know, weight that you want to try, grip, et cetera, on it. But all these things do make a big difference in 
get out there and experiment with it and find what works uh, best for you. So John, Jack, thank you again so much for joining us here today and helping educate people on composition and, and paddles and getting to what's best for them. Thank you, Trey. Trey, enjoyed uh, talking to you and enjoyed having the opportunity to talk about uh, third shot drop paddles and and even more to educate players and inform them that uh, there are choices out there and that one size does not fit all. Absolutely. Again, thank you both. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Dinking Out Loud with Trey Sizemore. Please visit us at pickleballhut.com for more great resources.